Welcome to the Business and Personal Development Podcast with Chris Haroon, where you'll find tips on how to take your career to the next Good morning, level. and welcome to our 207th weekly webcast. Now, if this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. If you've been with us before, welcome back. Now, the way this call works is this is an AMA, uh, meaning ask me anything like you see on Reddit. You can ask me business questions, career questions, investing questions, any questions you want to. And my goal is to humbly help you take your career uh, or your portfolio, et cetera, or your business to the next level. So further ado, let's begin. And later on during today's call, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you all uh, an update on Project Magoo, uh, which is the school that we built um, in uh, Rwanda. Um, we put the roof up uh, and uh, I couldn't do it without all of your support. So thank you so much. So let me get right to your questions here. And thank you as always. Okay, one second here. And I've got an extra wide angle lens you saw there earlier today. And if you guys have questions about how I run this studio or how everything works, uh, please, please let me know. I've made every mistake there is to make with live webcast, as you guys know, over the past four or five years. So I want to help you guys uh, with a great Zoom presence. Now, um, having an amazing Zoom presence can do the same thing for your career uh, as to what a great Italian suit can do for your career as, as well. Okay. All right, let's begin. First up, I have got here, uh, Dance uh, uh, published something a, a couple hours ago. Thank you. And by the way, if you guys uh, post questions more than five hours before, I don't, I don't see them. For some reason, YouTube strips it out. So Dance, uh, first time I've seen the call, welcome, and I hope you join us again. Uh, and then you wrote, uh, how do you trend slash predict a company's valuation? Thanks. Yeah. So th the best way to value any asset or any company is to calculate what the future earnings are going to be. And then you discount that back, <clears throat> pardon me, into today's terms using whatever the weighted average cost of capital is. Now, since we've seen uh, interest rates go up a lot, uh, it's been impacting the way that people value companies as well, right? And so if I expect to make a million dollars in 10 years, and if interest rates are high today, then when you discount that million dollars into today's terms, it's a lot less. And so higher interest rates uh, impacts everybody. Uh, yesterday, the Federal Reserve in the United States uh, increased rates by 0.75 basis points. And they kind of imply they're going to raise more than expected, which is why the markets were down. The Bank of England did the same thing. So the interest rate affects every single asset class when you value companies. Now, if you want, you can go back to, I think it was two or three weeks ago at the beginning of my 205th uh, weekly webcast, um, I did a 15-minute segment on how to value companies, but the bottom line is calculate earnings into the future and discount them into today's terms. And if you have additional questions on that, uh, please let me know, and thank you as always. Okay, next up, we've got Asil who wrote, Hello, teacher. How are you today? Uh, I'm always great, thanks, and I hope you're doing well as well. Um, you wrote, uh, Time for big questions. Bring it on. I love it. Uh, you wrote, uh, What are your thoughts on the U.S. government's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill do you think the U.S. economy will improve uh, significantly? Yeah, the, the, the problem with the United States economy right now uh, is it's very strong. And the government is really, really frustrated because the Federal Reserve keeps raising interest rates. And what happens is that the price of labor keeps going up. Uh, and so in previous uh, tightening, uh, economic tightening schedules, and I got a piece of the Berlin Wall in my hand for a reason, I'll tell you why in a second. But in the past, when the government raised rates a lot, what happened was unemployment spiked. And the government wants to see this. I know it's not a nice thing, but they do. Because when unemployment spikes, what happens is the cost of producing everything goes down materially. Because the biggest input into producing anything 
is the price of labor. And the conundrum that the United States economy has right now uh, is that the price of, of labor continues to go up here in California on the left coast, west coast where I live, that's right. Uh, the government is talking about raising uh, the minimum wage by more than 50%. And I know times are tough for a lot of people. And I don't want to sound heartless. Um, but if we do that, it's going to hurt the economy longer term. And so what happens is when rates go up, uh, usually uh, people don't hire as many people and unemployment spikes, which is what's happened in previous Fed tightening schedules. It's not happening now, though, unfortunately. I mean, for the U.S. government. Um, so what, what's happening uh, right now is unemployment's actually going down. And so a couple of weeks ago in the monthly jobless or a jobless claims report, uh, unemployment report, you had uh, unemployment go from 3.7% down to 3.5%. And that's problematic. That's problematic because they're raising rates at the same time. And the difference in this cycle versus previous cycles is you have a generation of people uh, post-COVID. Uh, it's called the YOLO generation, younger and older people. And what YOLO stands for is you only live once. And so people are spending a lot as well. They're not curtailing spending as much uh, as, as expected. Uh, and so that's problematic uh, because two-thirds of the United States economy is not big business. Two-thirds of the United States economy is actually uh, consumer spending. So we've got a big conundrum there. So why do I have a piece of the Berlin Wall in my hand? Well, the reason we had unprecedented economic growth in the 1990s globally, especially in Europe and in North America, is because the Berlin Wall fell. And in 1989, when the Berlin Wall fell, what happened was you had this rush of brilliant and cheaper labor from Eastern Europe moving west. And that kept interest rates artificially low. And so it really helped the global economy. But that's not happening now. It's like the opposite is happening. Labor prices are going up. And so the Federal Reserve will continue to aggressively raise rates uh, until unemployment spikes to mid to high single digits. Yeah, so it's a conundrum right, right now. In terms of U.S. government spending, what happens is this. Um, if governments run out of bullets, so to speak, in terms of cutting interest rates to stimulate the economy, and certainly they're not doing that now, then the only other way to stimulate the economy is through what's called fiscal policy, meaning big government spending projects. Uh, and so I think infrastructure projects are brilliant ideas in recessionary environments because it you know, helps the, the, the broader economy. The problem is um, the Senate right now in the United States is trying to block a lot of these spending bills uh, that Biden um, has tried to pass. For example, um, the uh, Education Refund Act, uh, whereby uh, if you make as a couple $250,000 or less, you get uh, $10,000 back on any student loans you have, which is ludicrous. I think people should get money back, but not at that level. 250k is a lot for a couple. Uh, and so what's happening is um, you've got a bit of a gridlock right now uh, in the U.S. Senate. And this is an important year, uh, obviously, because uh, elections in the next couple of weeks, um, you know, and then you've got, of course, the federal election in two years. And, and right now, it looks like, um, according to people familiar with the matter, uh, meaning uh, the left wing CNN, the right wing Fox News, just keep it objective, I'm in the middle here. Uh, it looks like the, the Republicans are slightly ahead right now, but we won't know until, until the last second. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I do believe in the U.S. economy longer term. I, I, I do. Okay. Uh, and, and you've seen the U.S. dollar uh, rise uh, dramatically uh, versus other currencies recently. And one of the reasons is because um, U.S. Uh, US economy is, is obviously more right-wing than other countries. And most countries in the world are moving far to the left, in my humble opinion, 
uh, South America, Lula was just reelected, which means every every government uh, in South America leans towards the left. Um, and so um, I kind of want to see a more balanced global global economy. Yeah. And so the United States is kind of seen as a flight to quality, relatively speaking. Of course, we have a lot of problems here in America as well, definitely. Um, but that's one of the reasons why the U.S. dollar is up a lot. Investors are putting money in the United States markets. Um, uh, domestic investors are buying bonds. I'm sure somebody's going to ask about I-bonds later on today. Uh, the rate just changed from 9.62 to 6.8%. Um, also, if the U.S. economy raises rates faster than other economies, which they're doing, it makes the U.S. dollar go up, which is problematic for a lot of other uh, countries um, that, that are trying to compete. Okay. And if you have follow-up questions based on that, uh, please let me know. Thank you as always. Okay. All right. Ne next up, Asil um, uh, wrote, is this a catalyst we need to consider, meaning U.S. infrastructure spending before investing in those types of, of projects? Yeah. I would think more so of catalysts uh, as being uh, single stock or sector related. You know, for example, um, many years ago, Microsoft used to release Windows every five years. And whenever a new version of Windows came out, everybody bought, um, uh, you know, in PC-related stocks as a catalyst, including uh, semiconductors, this is an Intel chip, uh, etc. Other catalysts I look for when investing in companies are ones where uh, there are events that are going to come out that make investors want to invest. Um, and so Wayne Gretzky, my, my hero growing up in Canada, I'm a proud Canadian, um, he said, you always want to skate to where the puck is going to be and not to where the puck is. And using that logic, we always want to invest in companies that people are going to like, which is a euphemism for a catalyst. And so a great idea of, or example of this is Lionsgate Film, ticker LGF. I invested uh, back in early 2012 because they had three catalysts, which were the three Hunger Game movies coming out. There's actually four. So I always tend to think of catalyst investing usually from a company or a sector perspective and not from a macroeconomic perspective. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Chitan wrote, Professor Chris, the MBA degree program, uh, there's mentions of spiders crawl out. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm curious about it. I don't know what that means. You put in brackets, uh, spiders crawl out. Let me know what that means. If that's a, a euphemism or, or, or something colloquial, let me know so I can humbly help you with that. Yeah. Uh, and then you wrote, wrote here, uh, would you like to put some light on the difference between asset management and wealth management? Absolutely. So asset management basically means managing different types of assets, um, like, like real estate, uh, as well as stocks, bonds, commodities, cryptos, etc. Within asset management, uh, you've got uh, wealth management as well. And so wealth management, it's, it's a lot of big firms like Goldman Sachs, uh, Credit Suisse, et cetera. They have wealth management departments. And these wealth management departments are usually called private wealth management or PWM. And they manage money for very wealthy people. And they take a 1% fee every single year uh, on the assets that they, they manage. And they don't look to just make money. They look to actually preserve capital uh, as well. Uh, very wealthy people, what they like to do uh, is they like to, number one, preserve capital, number two, make money. And that's why a lot of wealthy investors invest in hedge funds. Because if you think of a hedge fund, a hedge goes around your backyard to protect your backyard. It kind of protects capital. And so you might think that 1% is an egregious fee for these big wealth management firms to charge. It's not because they save these wealthy investors a lot in terms of moving money around offshore, et cetera, to save on taxes. It's unfortunate, but the way it works in the United States, the highest tax bracket is close to 40%. But the, the 400 wealthiest uh, American families only pay 22% tax. 
And the wealthy stay wealthy because of that. They hire these tax lawyers to move money around. Now, if you're all considering a career in finance, um, I, I think the best career to do is wealth management um, because it's the only job that you can have working at different investment banks and leave and take all your clients with you. Yeah. Um, plus, we've got, it's kind of sad to say, but there's going to be the biggest generational transfer of wealth coming in the next couple of decades as the baby boomers uh, move on. All right. Uh, next up, you wrote, uh, what do you, what's your view on ESG, which stands for Environmental, Social and Governance? Um, uh, does it play a crucial way in the way that investors invest? Yeah, it's becoming more relevant now. A lot of people are looking at ethical investing more so today than they have in the past. Um, I've always humbly been this way. I've tried to not invest in companies that were bad for the environment. Um, it's a personal decision for me not to invest in any marijuana companies. I think that uh, marijuana is just my opinion, should be legal for medicinal purposes. Um, but what does that lead to next? Yeah. So I've left a lot of money on the table not investing in, in marijuana startups. Uh, that's just me, though. Everybody has their own ethical mandates. Um, I do believe that if companies are not good to the environment, uh, to state the obvious, uh, then natural selection will play its part. And even if ESG funds don't invest in those companies, uh, those companies uh, will lose a ton of market share. Yeah. Just don't be evil, I guess. Uh, and that's what's happening right now with Twitter. A lot of big advertisers are kind of waiting to see what Elon is going to do uh, before they invest from an ESG perspective. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, you wrote, uh, what drives the price to book multiple? Can two companies in the same industry have very different price to book multiples? Absolutely. So the way that price to book multiple works, it's something that Warren Buffett looks at closely and value investors do in general, um, is if a company is trading at a price to book multiple of one or below, then that company is worth more dead than alive, so to speak, uh, meaning you could dismantle it and sell off the assets. Um, it doesn't always mean that though. Like if you see a, a company a price to book well under one, doesn't mean it's a great investment because there could be outstanding lawsuits that could jeopardize the future cash flow uh, of that company. Uh, and so price to book basically means uh, like, like any fraction, um, on the denominator's book, the numerator is price. That means for every $1 in book value of the company, if you sold off the assets, how many times are investors paying that $1? If investors are paying a price to book of two to one, that means for every $1 in book value, if you liquidated the company, investors are paying $2 for every $1 of, of assets, so to speak, or assets, net liabilities. Yeah. Okay. And, and value investors tend to look at that more closely than, than other investors do. Little side note, if you see a stock that has an extraordinarily high dividend yield of like 25%, don't rush out to buy it. Please do your work first because a high dividend yield, the market could kind of be saying, hey, the, the price is going down, which makes the yield go up, but we don't believe the yield is sustainable for whatever reasons. Read the annual report, quarterly report, et cetera, like I teach about in my MBA degree program. Yeah. And for more details, my MBA degree program and my courses, uh, you can always go to uh, harunmba.com. And, and thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, ne next up, uh, Chitan wrote, is there any company who has an equity value larger uh, than its enterprise value? I I'm sure there are. Um, I don't know of any off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you wrote, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you're, you're the best. No, no, thank God bless you. Thank you. Uh, next up, we got Caroline, who's in my Silver MBA program. A quick announcement. So if anybody's in my Silver MBA degree program, uh, every single Thursday, once this call ends at 10 a.m. Pacific time, I do a one-hour Zoom call 
it's a smaller group setting uh, with my Silver MBA students. For those of you that purchase the Silver MBA, you can always go to the first lesson in the curriculum to find the link for that Zoom call. Again, it's every Thursday at 10 a.m. So Caroline uh, wrote, uh, good morning, Chris. Uh, always looking forward to your weekly webcast. Thank you, Caroline. Caroline uh, is from France. She lives uh, in Canada and Ontario. She got married recently uh, in Nova Scotia. Congratulations uh, again. And she owns a crep company that she is selling through a private equity firm. Uh, and then you wrote, the, my question today is, what will happen if the unemployment rate does not go down as expected uh, with the slowing uh, economy? Yeah, so what will happen is if unemployment rises, um, it will mean uh, that uh, we're seeing more inflation unless miraculously Putin decides to pull out of Ukraine, which won't happen, which would drive down the price of oil, which is an input into most products we, we produce. So if unemployment continues to rise, uh, then the government will just keep aggressively raising interest rates uh, until, or, pardon me, if unemployment continues to fall, uh, the government will continue to aggressively raise interest rates. Uh, until it does. And, and that's why people pay really close attention to two economic data points that the government releases. Number one, uh, when it comes to unemployment, is the weekly jobless claims, which means how many p new people are looking for jobs that are unemployed. Okay. You have to be looking for a job to be included in that statistic. And then there's something called the monthly unemployment report that comes out on a Friday monthly. Uh, and that came out last time at 3.5%. The market is expecting 3.7%. Uh, if it drops again, I think the markets will get destroyed. Uh, but everybody is looking for that to increase. Yeah. Yeah. Sad to say, but that's what the government looks for. Okay. Um, uh, next up, uh, Duan. Hey, Duan wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. Uh, first, I, I want to say I love your course material. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you wrote, I've not done the MBA, but I will soon. Thank you. I would love to have you. Uh, and then you wrote, Can you explain carbon credits and how they work as well? Uh, and what is a carbon emissions? Uh, uh, thanks. Yeah. I'm not an expert in that area at all. Uh, what I am going to do is I'm going to make a note of that. And next week, I'm going to start off uh, my weekly call with carbon credits. Okay. Let me write that down. Carbon credits. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. But the bottom line is what I do know about it is um, if, if you are good to the environment, you can buy a certain, or if, if you're not that great to the environment, you can offset that by buying credits, so to speak but I need to do more research on that. And again, I will open up next week's webcast with a thorough analysis on that. Thank you. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, uh, Peter Peter Paul Bacon wrote, um, uh, good morning, Mr. Chris, all the best. G great to see you. Thank you. All right. Um, and if you guys have questions, just type, type them away, please. Uh, Kevin, how are you? Uh, Kevin's in my, 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 my MBA program. Then we have Galileo. Uh, wrote, uh, hi, Chris, I'm interested uh, to join the Platinum MBA program. Uh, when is the next intake? Yeah, I'll show you really quickly. So um, if, if you go to my, my website, which is harunmba.com, um, uh, and then you click here to check out my, my, my MBA degree uh, programs and courses, uh, you'll see that the next one starts on, uh, on Monday. Uh, it's going to be on, on Monday, uh, uh, January 30th. 2023. Okay, there's going to be gold and platinum. You can start silver right now, and anybody that buys silver um, uh, gets a, a big discount on gold and platinum. I'm keeping my class sizes smaller. I'm, I'm maxing them out at 70 now, which is the, the size of my past couple of classes. And so the way it's going to work is it will start on uh, Monday, January 30th. It'll be every Monday and Tuesday for one year. Every Monday and Tuesday for one year from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Um, yeah, and for more details, you can click here and um, yeah, uh, and if you have questions, uh, let me know as, as always. And thank you.
Yeah, that'll be our, our sixth annual one-year uh, MBA degree program. We now do it uh, every three or four months. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Samir wrote, uh, hey, Chris, hey, man. Uh, do you think buying VR glasses is worth it if I'm not a gamer? I don't want to miss out on the metaverse. I would not do it. Um, not, not yet. Um, these VR glasses, and Sony just announced they're coming out uh, with the second version of the PlayStation VR. And that's going to come out um, early next year. It's going to be $599, which is more than the cost of, of, of a PlayStation. And Sony, um, uh, with their VR product, I mean, they're signaling to the market they took so long to release the next version because uh, VR is just not a mass market product yet. And every company is failing miserably with these things. And I'll give you plenty of examples since you're not missing out on anything. So uh, this is Facebook Oculus last generation. There's only 15 million of these things out there, which is nothing if you're trying to uh, own a platform uh, and control a global market compared to the billions of people in the world that have these things. The problem with these things uh, is that you get very dizzy after half an hour. And the pricing point. So Facebook's new version of Oculus is about 1500 bucks. That's not a consumer product. The same thing with Microsoft. They failed miserably with what's called HoloLens, which is their version of this. Um, the pricing point of that is $3,500. And so what's happening is big enterprises are starting to buy these things instead, and they hate them. Um, now, United States uh, Navy, uh, the Department of Defense, what they did was they, they did a $22 billion contract with Facebook, uh, Meta, to buy these things. And they used it for simulation and training. And 80% of people in the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense that use these things from Facebook got really, really sick. Right. And so that's the problem. These things are not mass market. I think what's going to happen is instead of VR, I think what's going to take off first uh, is AR. Uh, kind of like remember in the old days, we used to have those Google glasses um, where you'll wear glasses. OK. Uh, and then you'll look up in the corner and that'll be your second monitor. Right. And so it's not something you, you don't stare at a second monitor all the time. If you did, you might get dizzy. But every now and then you'll just glance for, for notifications, etc. And I think that uh, there's one market that will do exceptionally well with this. It's the sunglasses market, Ray-Ban. Eventually, I will buy Ray-Ban glasses when they're available, uh, where when I'm riding my bike, I can have a camera on the back of my e-bike, and I can see in a little screen what's going on behind me. Yeah, so we are years away from, from VR or AR making a dent uh, in, in the marketplace. And I know that Facebook is betting the future of the company on this. Um, they spent about $15 billion so far, $10 billion this year, five last year. Uh, and they don't really have very much to show for it, yeah. But but I wouldn't I, I wouldn't bet against Zuckerberg. I always love uh, uh, betting on company founders. And whenever a founder leaves a company, you got to run for the exits. And there's no exceptions. Yeah. My dentist told me to drink coffee with a straw. So my teeth are they're getting a bit whiter now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, next up, Nintendo, speaking of video games, uh, wrote, uh, how are you? I'm always great. Thanks. Good, good to see you. And thank you for joining my channel. I see you've got that trophy thing there as well. Appreciate the support. Um, you can buy my courses now over YouTube. Um, you pay 99 cents uh, and you can get five of them. Um, and that's on a monthly basis. You can also subscribe to all my courses on YouTube for $19.99 per month. And you can subscribe to all my courses and my MBA program uh, and group meetings with me over Zoom over YouTube as well. And the way you do that is, you know, when you click on subscribe, instead of doing that, you just click on join. Yeah. And so I'm moving to subscription business models as well. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Manas from, from India. Great to see you. Wrote, good morning, my dear mentor, Chris, please. Uh, hope all is well. Likewise. Uh, what a beautiful way 
Uh, and what a beautiful day, as always. Oh, I love that. I've got that U2 song in my head. I'm listening to Bono's new book right now on Audible. It's pretty good, but it's kind of poetic. Yeah. Um, uh, and then you wrote, um, how do government bonds work? Because El Salvador is issuing uh, Bitcoin bonds uh, yet yeah, to make a, a, a city. Yeah, I think it's fiscally irresponsible what, what El Salvador did and is doing, meaning betting the future uh, of the economy uh, on, on, on a digital currency that is not really tied in trust tried uh, in a true yet. So the way that bonds work is is as follows. Okay, so I'm going to pretend I'm the United States government, okay, or any government, and you're a consumer. So I have a bond, and what I'm going to use, the, 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 I need money so that I can build a, a bridge, okay, not a wall. And so what I want to do is I'm going to sell this to you, okay, you're a consumer, and you get, let's just say, 6.8% on this. So I give that to you. You give me your money. I'm the government, okay? Now, I take that money and I use some of the money to, to, I don't know, build a bridge or defend the country, whatever it is. And I take some of that money out of commission, okay? It's gone. And I take it out. And so what that does is that increases interest rates because if the supply of anything goes down, the price of that goes up. And so that's how it works. Now, if I want to cut interest rates, what I can do is I can buy that bond back from you. You give it back to me, okay? And I take some of the money I had out of commission and I put it back in the marketplace. And now that there's more of that product, product being money out there, then interest rates go down. Now, a lot of countries are terrified of cryptocurrencies and they've made cryptos illegal because imagine if everybody in a country were to no longer want to buy the paper or fiat-based currency of that country, but instead they want to put all their money in cryptocurrencies. Well, what that would mean is that the government would not be able to raise money, you know, to defend itself or, or build uh, bridges, etc. And that's why in a lot of countries, especially more left left-wing countries, um, you've seen uh, uh, cryptocurrencies made illegal. And so, cryptocurrencies can uh, be the largest threat to national security. Yeah, in certain countries. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Now, uh, and so uh, Duan wrote, "It's it's it's me again. Good to see you. It's a me, Mario. Remember that? <laughs> I have a good case. I Nintendo, my NBA pro. Yeah. Uh, so you're it's it's me again. I, I saw you added personal mentorship program again, uh, or, or personal mentorship program. Can you explain uh, what that would look like if somebody uh, bought that? Thanks. Yeah. So I have um." It, the, the, the pers- I have a, a personal growth uh, course. You can go to HaroonMBA.com to learn about it there. Um, it's, I think it's about 40 or 50 hours. And I just teach you how to be much more productive uh, in your daily life, uh, be well-rounded, and get a hell of a lot more stuff done. And to change your, your, your mental attitude, so to speak, uh, in terms of problems you see in your life. I see every crisis as an opportunity. And if you, if you pivot and think that way as well, uh, that, that a crisis is an opportunity, um, then you'll be a contrarian and you'll do exceptionally well in business in all aspects of your life. Um, because if you buy a stock that everybody else already loves, meaning you're not a contrarian, you're not going to make money on it because there's not that many incremental investors to push it higher. So you got to be a contrarian. Like Elon Musk, for example, he's a contrarian. right? He's unemotional, which is one of the many reasons why he's successful. He's the richest man in the world. Uh, and so in March of 2020, uh, when the stock market was getting pummeled and the price of oil was negative, and I can talk about why it was if you guys care, 
Um, what he did was he bought a ton of shares in Tesla because nobody else was. And then he bought at the bottom. He bought them ticked. And then last uh, last year, late 2021, when the market was near its peak, which it reached in January 2022, he sold those shares. Right. And so he's very, very unemotional. And so you have to be extraordinarily unemotional in general uh, when you invest. And that's one of the things I teach uh, in that program. What I also have uh, is I have one on one consulting now available uh, at that aforementioned uh, website address. Yeah. Or join my platinum. You get one on one consulting with me for free as well. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Motivation Box wrote, is it valid valid to apply the dollar cost averaging uh, in real estate investment? Yeah. Um, so for those of you not familiar with dollar cost averaging, it just means keep investing in the same asset over and over and over. Um, and you basically, basically it makes you long-term focused because you don't know the path, but you know the destination on the stock. So for example, for anybody out there that is confused in terms of what to put your money into, I always recommend using the VOO, ticker VOO, uh, to invest in. Uh, and the VOO is the S&P 500 uh, ETF, and the fees are only 0.03% per year. Um, now, the S&P 500 is up on average 10.5% uh, every year on average, of course. So we can't time markets, but we know longer term, it'll be a lot, lot higher. And so if all you did was you maxed out your annual retirement savings program in the United States of just over 20 grand, it's going up to 22,500 next year because of inflation. If all you did was you put that every year uh, into uh, the, the VU, ticker VOO, that's the S&P 500 uh, index fund, then in 20 years, you will have over a million dollars. If you're supposed to that, you'd both have over $2 million. If you took advantage of retirement savings uh, or educational savings account uh, uh, programs as well, like I've done for, for my, my kids, um, then you'll have uh, for each kid close to $900,000 uh, over 20 years or so, roughly. Yeah. And so that's, that's an example of dollar cost uh, averaging. Yeah. Now, there's another way that people invest, uh, which is lower risk, is they buy the dogs of the Dow. And what that means is basically... They buy a ten, the 10 stocks in the Dow 30 index, which represents you know, 30 big companies in America. They buy the 10 stocks uh, in that index that have the highest uh, dividend yield. Yeah, it's a lower risk way to, to invest. Yeah, you won't make as much as, as you would in the long run if you were to invest in that versus the S&P 500, because the S&P 500 has a lot more growth stocks in them. All right. Um, <laughs> but in terms of doing that to real estate, oh, it's tough, man. If you want to buy REITs, maybe, uh, R-E-I-T-S, REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust. Uh, REITs are kind of like stocks or ETFs or mutual funds. They have tickers and they, they have to pay out 90% uh, of their uh, their dividends, 90% uh, it, it, uh, of their profits every year in terms of dividends. It's a government law. Uh, but real estate's harder, man, because it's very, very illiquid. Yeah. 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 And, and real estate, I like to try to, it's hard to time the markets in general. But real estate, you can do it more so because real estate markets, oh my God, they're brutal. Like the cycle can be 10 to 15 years and you got to buy when there's blood in the streets and everybody else is freaking out. Yeah. Which is going to happen very, very soon. I stopped buying real estate last year, but I am starting to look again now because prices have gone down a lot. Prices have gone down about 10% uh, uh, close to Berkeley where, where I live. My, my kid goes to school um, uh, and I think they're going to go down a hell of a lot more. And that's partially because the 30-year fixed uh, interest rate on mortgages um, has more than doubled this year. Yeah. But the problem with that also, a lot of people have noticed, is that uh, that that rental prices have gone up a lot because not as many people are buying now. Right? And that's problematic from an inflation perspective. Yeah. We live in interesting times. 
Okay. Uh, next up, a Nintendo. A Nintendo wrote, uh, uh, in your view, um, how how? Okay. I just got to kick somebody out. I'm sorry, you guys have to see that racist filth. Okay. I just reported that that person reporting it as hate speech report. Okay. And let me remove this person entirely. Hide this user on this channel. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry for everybody I had to see that. Yeah. And 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 whoever you are that put that racist stuff, I I will pray for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then Rose wrote, you've got trolls, Chris. It's a sign your channel is growing. LOL. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, that racist remark just threw me off. Um, Okay, next up, Nintendo wrote, um, uh, your, uh, in your view, uh, how probable, and by the way, I, I do have um, uh, uh, bad words blocked and stuff, uh, but the way that person did it was that person spelled it in, yeah, I'm not gonna, not gonna go there, yeah, yeah, but I, I will not tolerate that. Okay. All right, guys. All right, it's happening again. All right. Give me a second, guys. Don't don't look at the comments, guys. Okay. And I do have a way to track that IP address. Okay. All right. Um, next up, um, uh, Nintendo uh, wrote, uh, in your view, how probable is that future wars will be um, thought will be fought over water instead of, of oil? God, I hope not. Um, I mean, I mean. Water, like natural resources, there's a limit of it, but it, it keeps getting reproduced. Um, uh, if that's the case, Canada is a great place to live. Canada has 20% of all the the, 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 the freshwater lakes uh, in the world. It, it could happen. could happen if people aren't careful when it comes to environmental stuff. Okay. All right. That racist prick is gone now. All right. Um, uh, next up, uh, I've got here... Sorry, kind of threw my concentration off. Yeah. And that's not the first time it happened. It, it happens like a, a month ago. We had anti-Semitic stuff. And it's just, I just don't understand why people are like that. Okay. In this day and age. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, uh, ne next up, uh, Rose wrote, uh, and Rose graduated from my, my MBA program uh, uh, back 2019-20. Good, good to see you again, Rose. She's from the great state of Virginia. Uh, uh, she wrote, uh, uh, Chris, do you think esports is 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 a bubble? <sighs> okay. All right, hold on a second. I got the same guy again. 
different username. All right, so I'm not going to announce uh, anymore uh, when, when this happens. Um, when I see something like that, I'll hide that person in real time so you guys won't see it. Okay, thank you. All right, um, uh, uh, next up, um, uh, Rose wrote, uh, Chris, do you think eSport is a bubble or do you think it will actually be a valuable investment in the future? I think it's going to be huge. And basically, if we take a step back, we, we can think to ourselves, you know, the five-year rule, which I love to use for investing, which is this. In five years, will more people be playing esports or video games online or fewer? Well, a hell of a lot more. And the great thing about esports is you, it's really cheap to set these things up because the internet is ubiquitous. You don't have to actually, you know, rent a stadium and, you know, hire a ticket master to sell tickets and all that stuff, concession stands. Uh, and I think that at some point in my life, uh, we're going to see um, uh, esports uh, athletes, so to speak, uh, make more money than professional athletes do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And if anybody else has thoughts on that, please chime in and let me know. Um, and then what I'll do later on today, if you guys want, is I'll open up Zoom as well, and we, we can all we can all chat. Yeah. And I and I can control who gets accepted into in Zoom better than here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up. Um, uh, Jimmy wrote, uh, I think I just reached that level you once said. Uh, I don't get it. I don't, uh, if I don't get the job I want and you're how to network and become successful, you're really inspirational. Thank you again. You're most welcome. Thank you. And I think you're referring to what I talk about in my, my networking book, which you guys know where to get it from. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, and, and before you guys give a speech at a company or before you, you do an interview, yeah, I want you guys to tell yourselves right before it starts. Uh, I want you to say, I look a little bit orange in this camera. Yeah, I want you guys to tell yourself, I don't care if I get this job, or I don't care how this presentation goes. It takes a lot of pressure off. And I'm not saying to be rude or disingenuous, but just be you. Just be yourself, because your friends and your family, you know, they love you for just being you. So why try? Why try to act like somebody else? Just be yourself. Yeah. And if you make a mistake up there when you're presenting, which happens a lot, the bizarre thing is that people like you more because you're being yourself. It's why people watch reality TV as well. Okay. All right. Next up, I have got here. Um, uh, Manas wrote, uh, recession is inevitable, uh, even in the United States. All tech stocks are down. Uh, what's the bottom peak and, and what, and will this last forever? No, it won't last forever. Things are never as bad as we think. Things are also never as good as we think when we invest. Uh, but it, it, the markets are cyclical, right? Like uh, GDP growth as well as, you know, it's positive, uh, boom, bust, uh, re repeat that, that sort of thing. So it won't last forever. I promise you, I promise you. Yeah. And the stock market tries to discount, uh, the future as well. Um, which is why for some people, Right? And the market tries to discount what the economy is going to look like in six months. That's why uh, the markets last month, the month of October, had the best month they've had since 1976. Because some investors think that we're about six months away uh, from the bottom for the economy. Yeah, But you can't time these things. Otherwise, you're fooled by randomness. I just recommend being a very long-term investor, as always. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, uh, next up, Manas wrote, uh, Meta is going down. And I'm afraid it'll go down even further. Uh, what's the most meta can go down? Uh, and will metaverse uh, break? Will the metaverse breakthrough pull it up again? Yeah, I, I really think that that Facebook is is getting to almost oversold territory. 
Um, I mean, it's trading at a ridiculously low uh, price to earnings multiple. Uh, and basically what the market is saying is that I don't believe, the market is saying, I don't believe uh, those earnings are sustainable. And the market is also thinking that, oh my God, Facebook is being fiscally irresponsible uh, with this metaverse bet. They're spending billions and billions of dollars every year, over $10 billion a year uh, on this. They have nothing to show for it. Yeah, but they have to, because I think Facebook itself as a product is in secular decline. And Zuckerberg knows that. Like he's no dummy. Like he renamed the company Meta because he knows that the Department of Justice is going to break the company up eventually into separate companies. You know, one would be Facebook, Insta, WhatsApp, and then miscellaneous stuff, right? It's the same reason why Alphabet or Google rename themselves as well, because they own the two biggest search engines in the world, Google and YouTube. And they know it's just a matter of time until they get broken up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would not bet against founders of companies yeah. in the long run. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Simon, how are you? Good to see you. All right. Um, give me one second, guys. Sorry. I'm so sorry for anybody that saw those those racist comments. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up uh, question is: Democrats and Republicans will be having elections. What if the Democrats lose and the Republicans get in office? I don't know if I typed that correctly. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, for those who aren't familiar with the U.S. political system, and I had to learn about it when I came to this country, on the political spectrum, you've got left wing and right wing. Okay. Um, and so. Uh, in the United States, um, Democrats are more left and Republicans are more right. Okay, and so Republicans believe in lower taxes. Um, uh, Democrats usually believe in higher taxes. Um, so um, if, if the Republicans win, uh, and it looks, looks like they're kind of lean to win now, we don't know yet, we'll never know at the last minute. If the Republicans win, I would expect taxes to not go up as much and maybe go down. Um, I would also uh, expect uh, spending to go down as well. Um, it'll be tougher for Biden in his last two years in office to be able to pass big spending projects. Like the uh, Republicans are trying their best to block this. Looks like the Supreme Court just upheld it to block it as well. Uh, this Education Reform Act, uh, whereby people that make $250,000 or less as a couple can get $10,000 back uh, from their, their student loans. Yeah. And in terms of am I a Democrat or Republican, it all depends, right? I'm more of a libertarian. I go back and forth depending on the candidate. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up, uh, what are your th thoughts on DoorDash and food delivery apps and services uh, like the ones who take food from hotels and deliver them to your home? Uh, India, we have a lot of them. Uh, uh, I, I think there's too many out there. Um, usually what happens is in every tech market, it's one, two or three companies that dominate. Not more than that. It's a very fragmented market. So in search, we basically have, well, Google and I don't know, Bing, if you work at Microsoft. Um, and so eventually I think that there will be, you know, one uh, that will take dominant market share. But I, I think there's going to be a, a day of reckoning in that sector. It seems like too many, too many companies are in that sector right now. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, uh, next up, uh, uh, Mutaz wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, I have a stupid question. How much does it cost to buy a DeLorean? God, uh, they're they're rebooting them again. I would think low six figures. Um, you can get the older ones for kind of like you can buy an old Testarossa for twenty or thirty thousand dollars, just because they haven't really been up, kept up or up. They haven't really been um, um, well maintained over the years. Yeah, you made a time machine out of a DeLorean. Okay. 
Uh, next up, uh, I'm delighted to tell you from Manas. Uh, this week, I'm launching one more Metaverse course uh, this weekend. Uh, it's called the, Meta the Metaverse uh, Beginner's Guide course. I love sharing wisdom, uh, trying to be 1% uh, of you humble. No, no, please. Uh, congratulations, man. I, I love it. Congratulations on all the books you publish as well. You inspire me. Okay, moving on to Dan Sanchez. Dan wrote, uh, one problem with some VR headsets is also the wire. Uh, uh, VR and AR headsets uh, need to be wireless to gain widespread adoption. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that when it comes to Sony. You got to hook it up to a PlayStation uh, in order to do it. Uh, and the same thing with, with a lot of uh, PC-based uh, 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 headsets like this. Oculus, you don't need that. It comes with two wireless controllers as, as well. Yeah, but there's no killer games for it. Yeah, don't buy it. All right, uh, Samir, you're, you're most welcome. All right, next up, Manas wrote, uh, Twitter is now Elon's, uh, Elon's yard. Uh, will you pay $8 uh, for blue ticks? And will Twitter be more friendly for smaller companies and audiences? Yeah, it's tricky, man. A lot of people are, are, are canceling uh, uh, Twitter. They're pulling out the platform. Stephen King did it, Shonda Rhimes, uh, and a bunch of other people already. Um, and I don't know if it's, I don't think it's really fair to make somebody pay $8 to be able to, to express their opinion of course you don't have to pay eight bucks but you won't look as though you're verified i i, I just don't think it's fair yeah so yeah uh, but elon seems convinced that he's going to go ahead with that yeah but he's got to be so damn careful in the next two weeks um so in the next two weeks he's going to decide who can come come back on twitter and and who cannot um and if he's not very careful uh then i think what's ultimately going to happen um, is you're going to have a lot of advertisers pull off the platform. Yeah. Yeah. But if he does it right, I think he can make a fortune. Um, I think Twitter can be a trillion-dollar company one day if managed correctly because it really doesn't have competition. Yeah. Um, okay. But there's something to be said for freedom of speech, yeah, but not hate speech. Okay. All right, next up, uh, Edmund wrote, I uh, just want to say thank you again for the courses that you provide. Thank you, Edmund. I appreciate that. God, God bless you. Thanks. Um, uh, next up, uh, MD Yassir uh, wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. Hey, I recently came across your channel and I am uh, in, already in love uh, with your way of explaining things. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I can't wait to show you guys that the, the programming stuff coming up soon. Uh, for people, in my MBA program, I'm releasing how to program from scratch. I'm having so much fun doing it. It's going to be a visual way to learn how to code uh, as, as well. I'm like a kid in the candy store. I, I love it. And I was a programmer back in the 90s, so it's so much fun to code. I love it. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, thank you for everything. Uh, uh, my mentor, Chris, please. Uh, see you forever and ever and ever. Uh, I, I'd like to teach with you one day in your office, by the way. Uh, if you go to an Indian restaurant, please try uh, Chole, Chole Batur. Uh, you'll see heaven. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. God, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. And I'm going to be going to Rwanda next uh, summer uh, in June. I'm going to be teaching from the school that, that, that we built. Uh, and very soon what I'll do is uh, I'll take a quick break and I'll, I'll show you guys a video uh, of the progress of the school. We just put up the roof. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Jatan who wrote, uh, thank you for, for the answers. You're most welcome. Uh, in the uh, Haroon Education Vent Ventures investment class, uh, there was mention uh, of how you would get uh, uh, the earnings before the street would get out. I remember you mentioned you had spiders crawl out. 
Yeah. So I, I think what I was referring to it was this. It had nothing to do with insider information. Uh, but what I used to do was was this. Okay. So Barons is, uh, and this is this this made me a lot of money. So so Barons humbly, uh, Barons is kind of like the Wall Street Journal, but on the weekends, and it it it's it it has huge influence in terms of of how stocks trade on Monday. Okay. And so Barons comes out every Saturday, and what I realized was many years ago. So podcasts were first introduced in 2005. And a couple of years after that, uh, Barron's did a weekly podcast. And that podcast would come out every single Friday at 4.01 p.m. New York time. And it would basically just highlight what was coming, you know, what, what the next day's newspaper was going to talk about. And so I had all the stories. And so what I would do is I would tell my trader, not to tell anybody, obviously, um, but because um, I don't want competition doing that. Uh, and what we would do is we would transact after hours uh, every single Friday. Now, it's tough to do that after hours because most traders go home and stocks are not that liquid. Uh, but it worked. It worked for a while. Yeah. Um, in terms of other spiders you're, you're talking about, uh, I once worked at a company where we put spiders out on the web to basically scrape websites to, to figure out, um, you know, how PC sales are doing uh, on websites like Dell, etc. And if you, anybody can do this, you don't need a spider, right? You can analyze, uh, you know, sales prices, etc. on websites like, like Dell. And then you can look at the entire supply chain to see basically how, what demand for Intel chips will be, for, for example. And right now, uh, all semiconductor companies, uh, PC companies and mobile companies, aside from Apple, are cutting guidance. Um, uh, Qualcomm did, like, last night. Yeah. All right. All right, next up, uh, MDSE wrote, um, I'm currently in the final gear of my undergraduate pursuing a Bachelor of Commerce, and I'm moving uh, to the United Kingdom uh, for a master's in finance, and I'm also taking CFA level one coming out of February. Do you think I'm on the right career path? If you're if you're passionate about, about finance, um, I think the CFA is a wonderful thing. Um, what I would say is regardless of what career you go after, um, you have to be aggressive when it comes to networking, especially in the financial services sector. Now, I'm going to answer this generically and apply to everybody, but um, whenever you see a job opening online, your chance, your statistical chance of getting that job is one out of 250. And the person that ultimately gets that job is usually the person that knows somebody at that company. And so that's why I always talk about your network. Your network is your net worth. And relationships are more important than product knowledge. And so in my MBA degree program, I teach a lot about this, but if you don't want to sign up for the MBA program, you can go to harunmba.com. And on the very bottom of, of this page here, you can download this book for free. Uh, it's called uh, Networking to Get Customers a Job or Anything You Want. Again, go to harunmba.com uh, and you'll find this. And it's a couple hundred pages on, on how to network and a few hours of, of links to videos, YouTube videos as well, uh, to, to help you network and get the job of your dream. Yeah, but I would set up just a ton of informational meetings uh, with people that work at various companies you want to work at that have something in common with you. Maybe they went to the same undergrad that you went to. Uh, maybe they're a CFA charter holder and they're from the same hometown as you. Um, and just, just you, you check out that book. It'll, it'll teach you that in more detail or sign up for my MBA program. You can start silver today uh, by going to harunmba.com. I teach that in much, much more detail. Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I'm so convinced that my MBA program will help you. 
that there's a 30-day 100% money-back guarantee on that and all my courses as well. You can binge watch the whole thing within 30 days and then get your money back. And my marketing team hates it when I say that. Yeah. Okay. You're most welcome, Jitan. Moving on to Sanyam uh, wrote, uh, can you please talk about uh, net operating income for real estate and what are the, the key criteria in real estate uh, M&A deal? It all comes down to cash flow. You know, it basically how much cash do you think you'll be able to collect uh, when it comes to buying a place, for example. And so I bought a couple of buildings in Southern Ontario uh, and basically I, I put down enough to, you know, cover the, the down payment. Uh, and then the uh, the rental, the rent that the students pay, uh, right by the University of Western Ontario, and I'm smiling, I'll tell you why in a second, the rent that they pay uh, more than offsets uh, the monthly mortgage uh, that, I, that, that I have there, okay? And so what you have to do is you gotta figure out what the cash flow is, the amount of money you're gonna make every single month, and discount that into today's terms, okay? And that's, that's discounted cash flow analysis. Or you can use an Excel, just type equals NPV, that stands for net present value, uh, and then you highlight the money you make every year, and then you put in the interest rate as well, net present value. Yeah, I'm smiling because well, I shouldn't be smiling, but my my wife decided this is her that we will not rent to guys ever again. Um, <laughs> I know it's kind of a harsh thing to say, but uh, a, a lot of guys dis destroy. They they party a lot, like I did. Look, I I partied a lot when I was an undergrad as well. I remember. Um, in, in, in my, 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 my room at the place I rented with my, my best friend, Corey Pella, we had a, a line of, of just, there's just beer, beer bottles stacked everywhere. So our place got, got torched because of that. And so my wife only wants to, to rent to, to women. That's her decision, not mine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And regarding those racist comments, um, uh, Ed wrote, uh, uh, they're everywhere it's at. It's true. Yeah. Um, and then Ed, Edmund wrote, it's okay. It happens when you're growing. Yeah. yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, uh, 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 thank you for that. Maryam wrote, uh, hi, Chris, about your Udemy course, entire MBA. In Turkey, uh, due to some cultural taboos, unfortunately, People may mis misunderstand your invitation via LinkedIn to meet in person. What else would you suggest for networking? Thanks. Yeah, I would recommend maybe doing a Zoom call then. You don't have to meet in person. Um, you, you can actually just set up a Zoom call. Or better yet, um, and this is, okay, This, this what I'm going to tell you guys, it's going to sound crazy, but I promise you it'll help your career huge. So go to shareholders meetings. And anybody can go to shareholders meetings. And there's not many people shareholders meetings are usually at an old hotel with bad coffee and old people like me in attendance. And when you're at the shareholder meeting, you've got the CEO on stage and you've got the CFO and other C-level executives. And the board members might be at that uh, shareholder meeting as well and some big investors. And so at the end of that shareholder meeting, I want you to go right to the CEO and introduce yourself. And you can do it also the CFO and other executives there. And they'll, they'll talk to you because, you know, the board members in the audience watching and other employees too and other investors. They're not going to leave until everybody leaves. And so you can corner them and just talk to them. And, you know, you basically just strike up a conversation and, and you know, tell them, you know, how much a big fan you are of their products or services. 
and how you might have a product or service that can help them materially. Um, and you you ask them, is there anybody in your company I should speak to about uh, to about that? And the CEO, she or he might say, uh, yeah, talk to uh, Joanne Smith in operations. And so you can reach out to Joanne Smith in operations or whatever. Um, just you know, keep typing email addresses until it doesn't bounce. So Joanne.Smith at companyname.com, et cetera, or jsmith at companyname.com and say, uh, I just spoke to your CEO who said I, 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 I could reach out to you uh, to, regarding blah, 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 blah. And then you can set up networking meetings that way. I know it sounds ridiculous, but this works. This works. And the great thing about talking to CEOs is you go right to the top so you're not wasting your time. And if you want to work at that company, you can even mention that as well. And they might say, well, talk to John Peterson, who works in human resources. And you use the same methodology. You know, rinse, ladder, repeat. Keep sending that email to John Peterson, different email addresses until it doesn't bounce. And say, the CEO I just talked to, he said, I should reach out to you. It's a different way to, to think, right? Yeah, but it works, I promise you. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and let me scroll down to all these messages that were deleted by that person. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, Lorenzo wrote, uh, hey, Chris, hey, uh, I bought a second course of yours called the Complete Financial Analyst uh, Training and Investing Course. Thank you. Uh, you wrote, uh, you're a great teacher. And then you wrote, thank you very much. I have a PhD in biotech and I want to get into private uh, equity or pardon me. I want to get into equity research. I mean, the sell side, any tips? Yeah. Thank you for those comments, by the way. God bless you. Thank you. Okay. All right. So you want to, okay. So you have a PhD in biotech and you want to work uh, in equity research. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy named uh, David Farhadi, uh, who I worked with years ago. Um, uh, he was in one of the funds I worked at called Pequot. He had a biotech background just like you, and I think an MD as well. So you're both doctors. Uh, and he was able to get into our fund to manage our biotech portfolio uh, by aggressively networking through his alma mater, et cetera. So you just set up a ton of networking meetings. Uh, I promise you it works. It works. And if you want, you can take my MBA degree program. In the first semester, I teach you exactly how to network, how to make an amazing LinkedIn profile, uh, and how to get the job of your dreams or your money back. That's right. Yeah, so it all comes down to, to networking, yeah. And, and what I recommend you also do, Lorenzo, uh, is in my MBA degree program, I provide you with a lot of templates, one-page templates that you can use, and 150-page templates uh, for um, uh, creating research reports uh, to send to portfolio managers or to send to the director of research, the DOR, uh, if you want to work in equity research. Um, set up meetings with them first, one-on-ones, uh, and then follow up with those one-page write-ups. And because it's sell side, you're going after sell side equity research, I would do the 150 page reports. And for those of you uh, already in the MBA degree program, if you want to access that template, you go to economics management strategy, semester four, class two, EMS uh, semester four, class two. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Lorenzo, if you join the, the silver program today, if you want even um, uh, just go to harunmba.com to do it, uh, then at, at 10 a.m. today and 10 a.m. every Thursday forever, I do a one-hour Zoom, and I will help you write your LinkedIn profile, and I will help you write that research report as well. It's fun. Okay, and I'll help you network. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, uh, Martin uh, uh, wrote, uh, too much time on video games messes up 
your dopamine receptors, uh, much like uh, pornography, uh, uh, playing a sport physically is so much more beneficial to your health and you feel a, a closer bond to other humans. Yeah. What I've started doing at night, actually, my, my sleep quality has improved uh, tremendously. Um, I'm, I'm almost in the best shape I've ever been in my life, which is I'm humbled to say because this summer, this summer I had a, a massive health scare. Uh, but I'm 100% better now. Um, but I find that, and, and I, I went to Stanford University for a sleep study, uh, and there's a lot of things they recommended to me. Uh, number one, um, wear uh, these blue blocking glasses. Okay, they're, you can get them for 10 bucks for, for two pairs. They look like just regular glasses, right? And at night, if you're going to use your iPhone, Android handset, whatever it is, or watch television or play video games, it'll block out the blue light, which will help you sleep much better. Okay, just do a search on Amazon for blue block uh, uh, blue blockers. And there's tons of other things Stanford told me as well in terms of getting better night's sleep. I monitor my sleep closely every night here on my Ura Ring. Uh, and my deep sleep has gone up tremendously based on a lot of the tips they've given me. I'm going through uh, CBT, cognitive, cognitive Behavioral Theory training with them as well soon. If you guys want a list of tips or hacks I've used to improve my sleep and I feel great, uh, I'm happy to share them with you. Okay. Okay. Um... Uh, uh, next up, Nintendo wrote, uh, so I and my friend are participating in a game organized by the Polish Stock Exchange. Cool. The point is to make the most money in the market with fictional money. I'm not sure how to go about making investment decisions because the game only lasts uh, one and a half months. So you can't invest for the long term. Any advice? That's hard, man. It's hard. If you put a gun on my head and said, make money uh, in a short amount of time. Um, I would probably focus a little bit more so on, on technical analysis. You know, it, it's, it's not guaranteed. Um, I have done a lot of trading in my career as well, but I've always put fundamentals first, valuation second, and trading this in third. So what you can do is you can look for, for quality companies uh, where it's a broken chart, but not a broken company, right? So it feels like you're catching a falling knife. And when the RSI is 20, remember that number? You can look to accumulate and just expect a dead cat bounce or mean reversion. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and um, uh, uh, Simon donated uh, $2. God bless you. Thank you so much. That'll go directly to Project Magoo. And, and shortly what I'll do is I'll, I'll play you guys a video uh, of the update on Project uh, Magoo. Um, thank you for that. And then you asked for what are my thoughts on HEX uh, crypto. I'm so sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't have any thoughts on that crypto at all, uh, but I do teach him in my MBA degree program how to analyze cryptos in a lot more detail. Yeah, thank you so much for the, the donation. God bless you. Thank you. Okay, uh, moving on to Alex P. Uh, Alex, uh, good to see you again, wrote, uh, Chris, I saw that JP Morgan uh, made the first decentralized finance trade. They traded uh, JP Morgan traded tokenized dollar deposits for J uh, Japanese yen JPY using a modified version of uh, Aave on a Polygon. Uh, what are your thoughts? I have no idea what Aave on Polygon means. I'm so sorry. But it's interesting because Jamie Dimon, who's a CEO, great CEO of JP Morgan for years, he said crypto is a scam. They're not going to be in that market. And then he completely pivoted. It's interesting that they're embracing it. Yeah. Okay, next up, um, uh, Ed Jewell wrote, I, I think corporations will be willing to pay uh, not sure for individuals and that with respect to Twitter with the $8 month monthly fee. Yeah. Yeah. Corporations will pay for advertising on, on Twitter. I think, uh, unless Elon does something hateful, which I don't think, and I hope he doesn't. Yeah. yeah Jimmy Kimmel sure went after him. Yeah. Okay. 
And then you Alex wrote, also lots of snow in Utah here. Uh, uh, good change of scenery. I love Utah, man. I used to go to Salt Lake City um, uh, for a no Novell brain share conference when I used to invest in Novell when it was a Linux play back in 03 or 405. And I met with Jack Messman, the C CEO there. I remember that, yeah. Uh, I would go to Snowbird and go skiing there. It was great. I always had fun. Okay. All right. Um, and then somebody's asking for a bunch of my courses for free, free on, on YouTube. It's, it's. I, I do have bills, and I want to be able to build more skill, more, more schools. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, cool. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to take a short break, uh, and I'm going to show you just an update on what's going on with Project Magoo. For those who are not familiar with Project Magoo. Um, uh, one of my, my platinum MBA students I met at a Udemy conference in Berlin in 2019 named Vital. He's from Magoo, uh, Rwanda, a town called Magoo. And so we're, we're building a school there. Uh, and uh, here is a, a quick uh, update uh, on this on the school. Uh, I'll be right back. Thanks. we'd build at least one school here. So this is the land. Uh, we had to actually buy it from seven different families. A lot of government officials involved as well. Given COVID, it's taken a little bit more time. But we're going to build it right here. Yes. And, and there's there's five buildings, yeah? Yes. A computer science computer, lab. Computer lab, uh, welding, welding, a workshop, a <laughs> uh, workshop.
All right, thank you for letting me take a break. Uh, uh, hats off to uh, Vital who put that video together. Thank you. Okay, uh, next up, the question is from uh, Digital Edwin, Edwin, who wrote, uh, Hi, Chris and everyone. Digital Edwin, uh, getting you live from Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, hope uh, uh, you are well. Thank you. Uh, good to see you. The next school we're building is actually in Kenya uh, with Mara and Carlos, uh, one of my students. Yeah. And she'll be on this webcast um, within the next couple of weeks, actually, showing you her new product she, she developed. Yeah. Uh, and then you wrote, BMD seems to be doing well. Uh, what are your views? Are you referring to Binance uh, or Airbnb? Uh, if you're referring to Airbnb, uh, I'm, I'm bullish on it longer term. Um, I, I think it's probably the, the best place to, to, to rent uh, rental uh, vacation destinations. I use it all the time. I, I love it. It's also, and please don't get pissed off from what I'm about to say, it's also a long-term metaverse play. And the reason I say Airbnb is a good long-term metaverse play uh, is because eventually we will be renting virtual real estate. And, and I'll give you an example. So if you go to uh, nbametaverse.com, um, I, I did this weekly webcast number 171, I think earlier this year uh, from the metaverse. And I would love to be able to rent a badass office, you know, right on Central Park, you know, maybe 57th and 7th overlooking Central Park, two, two streets out Central Park, um, and, and be able to teach from that class. And I would rent it. I'd pay a buck or something a day to rent it uh, in order to teach or to have this weekly call from an amazing office. And so that's why I think that when it comes to digital real estate, uh, Airbnb is, is well positioned. Yeah, and my grandfather used to say, Chrissy, buy land, they're not making it anymore. Well, apparently they are now. Yeah, it's virtual. All right, next up, uh, 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 Manas wrote, uh, just forgot this, all my courses forever and ever uh, will be free for Project Mangu, thank you, and Project Kenya and all your projects. Uh, that's my duty and responsibility forever. Uh, thank you. It's you. Thank you so much for that. God bless you. Moving on to Ahmed. Uh, Ahmed, first time I see you on the call, man. Uh, great to have you. I'd uh, love to have you join us again. Yeah. Um, uh, you wrote, uh, what do you think of affiliate marketing? Uh, is it promising in 2023? Yeah, absolutely. People are always looking for indirect distribution channels. Uh, for me, I have an affiliate network as well. Um, so people can resell my courses and make 30%. I've had students that have made thousands of dollars. If you want to be part of my affiliate program, just email support at haroonventures.com. Yeah. But especially as more prod, prod, uh, products are now digital, right, than in the past, obviously, um, and, and people are looking for additional revenue streams, uh, affiliate marketing makes a hell of a lot of sense. They say that the loneliest place in the world is page two of Google search rankings. And it's very hard to go it alone when you have digital products, right? You need to have indirect distribution uh, set up. It's a lower margin game but it's also money you've never made before. Yeah. Or otherwise. Yeah. Okay. And I just signed a contract, big contract with, uh, with Rakuten, Rakuten, great Japanese company to do just that. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and then next up, Ed wrote, Chris, I'd love to hear more of, of those sleep tips. Yeah. So for me, we're all different, uh, but I found for me, I get a lot more deep. Now, you, there's two types of sleep you can get, right? There's REM, right? Which means you're dreaming and stuff. And then there's deep sleep. Deep sleep is crucial because deep sleep is when your muscles kind of repair themselves and your brain fixes itself, etc. And the way to get more deep sleep is, at least for me, and this is just for me, I have to exercise vigorously for at least half an hour a day on the elliptical trainer, right? You can't just be in my usual 20,000 steps a day. I walk in this office. 
and I have to do weights as well, right? It's, it's, it releases serotonin as well, which tends to help with my deep sleep. Another thing is uh, no, no caffeine after, after 4 p.m. Um, aside from that, I mentioned the blue blocking uh, glasses as well. Uh, you you got to wear those. Um, no large meal before bed, especially sugar. Careful of that. Uh, increases your insulin levels. Um, uh, also, a, a lot of it is stress. And, and I know it's hard to de-stress, but I'm telling you, most of the problems we have in our lives are self-inflicted in terms of we worry about things we shouldn't be worrying about. You know, and, and, and Sir Winston Churchill once said, I, I met a man who on his deathbed talked about all the problems he had in his life, none of which came true. It's not work that kills us. It's worry. And things are never as bad as we think. And so just remember Akuna Matata from The Lion King. Don't worry. And if you over worry, then what I recommend that you do is uh, you, you tell yourself, God already knows what's going to happen. And that gives me peace of mind. Worry destroys sleep. And if your sleep is not perfect, you will never reach your full potential in life. And a little, little side note, if, if you ever get a really, really bad night's sleep and, and you kind of feel mentally drained, don't go to work that day. Okay, there, there's two types of sick. There's physically sick and mentally sick. Take a day off. I used to do that at least one day a year and just kind of, I don't know, when I lived in New York, I'd, I'd skip work at Goldman for a day because I was stressed out. And I go for a walk, go to Tavern on the Green Central Park, have, have lunch by myself, watch a movie, whatever. Um, and that helped because if you go into work when you're mentally stressed, you won't be yourself. You, you might be a little bit grumpy as well, which could really hurt your career. There's nothing wrong with taking a little bit of time off. So, so those are some of the hacks I use. I also try to drink a lot of water. I try to finish one of these things uh, every single day. You can get these things on Amazon. They're, they're cheap. Uh, it's 9.15 uh, a.m. my time. I'm right on track, 9.15. I try to drink one of these uh, every, every single day as well. But exercise is really key. Yeah. And worry, right? Just don't worry about things. God has the wheel. Okay. Um, Cool. Awesome. And everybody wanted to hear more about sleep tips as well. I think that's all I have in terms of sleep tips. So let me see if I can remember uh, any, any more. Um, careful with sleeping pills. So I, I've done it before and, and I've, I've, I've reduced the amount I take of that stuff materially. Um, because when you use uh, uh, sleeping pills, like over-the-counter stuff, which is diphenamine, I don't know how to pronounce that, but you know what I mean? Um, what that does is that destroys your deep sleep. Um, yeah, and if and, and I recommend if you guys can do it, uh, get some sort of device that like like the Ura Ring, which is kind of pricey, but you can also use Apple Watch to do what I'm about to tell you, uh, and Fitbits, etc. And start monitoring your your your, your deep sleep uh, as as well o overnight, obviously. <laughs> um, and and the way it works is this. I don't even know if you guys will be able to see this. Let, let me see. Maybe I'll try this this camera angle here. It's a new one, a little bit out of focus. I look orange, like Ernie. Hi, I'm Ernie. Uh, but basically, it, it monitors um, uh, everything. I don't know if this is going to work. Um, it won't, but but I'll show you just from a high-level perspective. Um, when you monitor your sleep, so last night, I got a score of 93. There we go. Okay. I got a score of, of, of 93. Uh, and, and basically, it analyzes everything, right? Uh, for me... Uh, the only problem I had was latency. I fell asleep in three minutes, which is fast. But I worked out like crazy yesterday. 
but it analyzes everything. Deep sleep, I got 14%, one hour and 11 minutes. I get between now eight and 10 hours sleep a night. I know it's a lot. It's a lot, uh, but it's just the way, it's because I'm working out really, really hard. So I got eight and a half hours uh, last night and I feel great, man. I, I really do. Um, but I, I think that we don't, we don't spend enough time trying to analyze our sleep and nothing is more important for our health than sleep. Yeah. Also, I'm on the keto diet. I have been for years. It means I don't really have complex carbohydrates unless I go to a great Italian restaurant. Yeah. Or if I have dosa. Yeah. Okay. And if anybody else has tips on how to get a better night's sleep, please share them with all of us here. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, and God bless you more, Ed. Okay. Uh, next up, Alex P. wrote, yeah, I'm pretty sure when John Denver was writing a Rocky Mountain High, I think he meant to say Utah, but said cholera by, by accident. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Screw you, John Denver. What movie is that from? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 next up, uh, uh, Minuk uh, wrote, uh, uh, okay, that's it. It's what, what you wrote before. Okay. Give me one second, guys. Actually, you only wrote that once. That's my fault. It skipped on me. Give me one second, guys, to find out where I was here. Sorry. Okay, here we go. I found it. Okay. GHG wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, what do you think is the future of venture capital now that rates are rising? Yeah. Venture capital is very cyclical. Uh, it's feast or famine. And when rates are really high, not many companies are born because investors don't want to take a risk investing in low-risk stuff. Like you, you could put your money right now in U.S. government bonds and get 6.8% risk-free. It's a pretty good deal, right? And so when rates go up, venture tends to die. So in the early 1980s, when interest rates uh, and inflation were 20%, that's right, it was brutal. No companies were born. It was awful for innovation. And we had to wait until 1986 until there was two great IPOs. You know, Microsoft and Oracle went public within a month of each other. Uh, it was awful. It was awful. And when, when rates are really high and when the economy sucks and people are scared, they invest in sure things when it comes to venture capital. So uh, in 2001, there was one company that got most of the investments in venture capital because it was a sure thing. See if you can guess what that was. And then in 2008, when we were within 24 hours of bank machines not working, there was one company that got the bulk of investments uh, when it came to VC. So what companies were those? You know, after 9-11, after what company was it that got the bulk of private VC spending investments? And 2008, what was that company? Let me know. Yeah, those companies are, are well run, um, but they also were lucky. There's a little bit of luck involved in terms of the, the timing. See if you guys can guess what companies those were. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but I think things are rough for VC and will be for a while uh, until rates come down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you've seen crappier, anything risky, asset classes have gotten decimated. Like, when was the last time you heard somebody mention? Oh, you have to invest in this NFT. Like, like my, my students never ask me questions about NFTs anymore because it's a very risky asset class. Yeah. All right. So I'll give you guys another 30 seconds or so to guess what two companies those were. In 2001, venture capital firms invested largely in this company. And then, in, no, it's not banks. It's not JP Morgan. And then in 2008, venture capital firms invested largely in this company. 
They're startups. Okay, they're they're tech companies. Dan said Amazon. No, Amazon was public then. Amazon went public in '96. No, no, no. These are private companies. So in '01, venture capital firms invested most of the money they had into this one private tech company because it was a sure thing, private company. Ren, okay, Renvir is right about 2008. It was Facebook. Good. Good. No, not not Twitter. Nope. 2001. Enron, ticker ENE. No. <laughs> Though I work with a guy that went short Enron to cash. At Citadel, yeah, good guy. Um, nope. Nope. There's a tech company that was not public in 2001. Yes, Renvir got them both. Renvir, you did it. Nicely done. Excellent. You are right. Das ist richtig. Morgan Haroon Sachs. No, no. MHS is a scam of a company. Yeah, yeah. Just like this one here. Heroin. Heroin uh, education ventures. Like, what is that thing? Yeah. <laughs> nice, nicely done, Renfair. Yeah, and thank you all for your response, everybody. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, next up... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, next up, uh, I, I've got uh, 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 Farzan, uh, who, who wrote here, appreciate you sharing the learnings uh, from your sleep studies. would love to hear more on this topic. If you have further tips that have made a real difference for you, no, thank you. And if anybody has any other tips to share with us, please let us know. I am going through a Stanford University program uh, called uh, Cognitive Behavioral Theory, CBT, uh, as well. Uh, I'm on the wait list to join it. Um, it's really backed up. Um, and so... I'll probably they'll probably let me in in in, in January to that yeah I'll let you guys know where I learned that as well yeah but a lot of it is up here just not worrying yeah and if you exercise like crazy it makes you more confident which means you worry less yeah and stay busy okay um, oh and no watch yeah whatever you do like what I used to do was moronic I would have an iPad in my bed because I, I broke my when I I got into a bad car accident years ago which is why my back's kind of kind of messed up um but um and so I, in bed i would have this ipad it's like an ipad iv my wife calls it would kind of hold the ipad up that's awful for you because of all the, the the blue light try not to use these things close to bedtime if you do wear those blue lock blue blocking glasses you can get them amazon a pair of two for like 10 bucks or something it's worth it yeah okay all right uh next up uh jay wrote uh, one of the most common interview questions one can expect to get asked uh, in a finance uh, interview. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think having crutches or frameworks in place really helps. Uh, and so when it comes to, uh, uh, let me switch to another camera and make, make this fun. Uh, when it comes to, to finance interviews, have a bunch of crutches in place in terms of how to analyze a company as well as how to value a company. And so one of, and, and a cr it's called a crutch because it's something to fall back on, right? And so if somebody asks you to, to how do you value a company, uh, you can use the framework of looking at a price to earnings multiple, price to revenue, and then discounted cash flow. And you can walk through exactly how to do all of these. And then you get the target price for all three methodologies and take the average target price just to account for some sort of margin of, of error. Okay. Sometimes you'll get more qualitative related questions and you can answer them using another framework, which is the SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. So that's what you can talk about. So if somebody asks you, you know, what are your thoughts on, I don't know, Rivian? Well, you can, you can talk about SWOT, the you know, threats being the, 
the recall of every single vehicle they had recently. Uh, you know, the opportunity is, you know, new tax breaks from the Biden administration, that, that sort of thing. But you, anyway, that, that kind of a framework or crutch, so to speak, will help you to think methodically about your answers. And you don't have to be right in your answers because, you know, you'll get hired before you're proven wrong anyway. But just be methodical. Um, and, and I provide you in my MBA program, you can go to harunmba.com to learn more. But I provide you with all the crutches and frameworks and tools in your um, uh, arrows in your quiver or tools in your toolbox that you can use to be able to answer any finance questions. And I also provide you with a lot of one-page write-ups and 150-page write-ups as well that you can forward after your interviews uh, as well um, based on whatever questions you're asked about. And what I recommend doing is when you go to your finance interviews, um, I want you to, to have a, a stack of resumes, okay? And on the back of those resumes, I want you to have different investment write-ups that you've created. And I teach you exactly how to do this in my MBA degree program. In fact, in the first semester of my MBA degree program in the personal growth classes, I provide you with 12 brand new templates that you can use uh, to take to your, uh, to your interviews to get the job. And I'm a humble guy, but nobody is better than me. And I feel bad saying this as a Canadian, but, but I really do feel this way. Nobody is better than me at fighting for you and helping you to get the job of your dream. What I teach works. I've had, I've had students in the past couple of months or so, past six months, that have gotten jobs at Goldman Sachs in investment banking that are in my MBA degree program. This one student you know, has, uh, was halfway through my MBA degree program. He got a job at Goldman Sachs uh, in the start class, uh, the, the MBA level start class. So in his class in, in August were people from Harvard Business School, et cetera. And he used all the steps that I, that I teach you in my MBA program in terms of how to interview, network, et cetera. I've had students that have gotten jobs at every other major company you can think of as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next up, uh, uh, Rose, uh, with respect to the uh, uh, to Project Magoo, uh, uh, wrote, amazing that this, this was built with no machines, but by a community of people uh, handling bricks and concrete. Uh, uh, that campus will change many lives in Magoo. It takes a village. No, I totally agree with you. They, they've done amazing work. Uh, what's next is uh, solar on the roof. We put solar on another roof to power part of that, that building. Solar on the roof, and then we're assembling uh, computers. And we're going to make the, the computers uh, Raspberry Pi computers so that they're locally sourced and locally maintained as well, and it's a lot cheaper. Longer term, we want to use uh, you know, satellite-based technology uh, from Elon Musk company uh, for internet access. We can't get that right now. Uh, so what we're doing is we're going to make it cell-based cell for now. Yeah, and we've already started teaching students as well, not in that building, but on the campus there. And again, I'm going there this June, and I will do a webcast there. From from, but I'll figure out how to get high speed. Uh, but I'll do my, my weekly call uh, a couple times in, in June of, of next summer when I go there and teach live uh, in, in the building. Yeah, which should be a lot of fun. Okay, uh, and then you wrote, did you get a chance to meet uh, Kagame or Paul Kagame, the, the political leader there? Uh, not yet. Not yet. We're still working on maybe getting him to cut the ribbon. We're not sure yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we got uh, uh, Vincente, uh, who's very near and dear to my heart. I love you, man. I hope you're doing well, brother. Uh, you, you wrote here, uh, wow, speaking uh, right to me, feeling under the weather, and I didn't go into work. I'm working from home. Uh, which which water bottle? It's it's great to see, and I, I hope you're you're enjoying New York City, brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I remember when I was, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 
don't go into work, especially in, yeah, if you're not feeling great. It's a high stress. I know what you're going through right now. Yeah, I miss you. I love you, man. Um, uh, and it was it was so great meeting you and 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 your fiance. And thank you for singing that song in person with your guitar. You're, you're so much. Yeah, the water bottle. It's called uh, Bottle Joy. Um, uh, it's you can get any knockoff like this on Amazon. Just do a search for for bottle bottle joy. Yeah. Yeah. You can put anything in this thing. Like this is vodka. It's great, man. Mm. All right. Just kidding. I don't drink anymore, but I don't drink any less Vincente. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's great, great to see you. All right. Uh, next up, Alex wrote, uh, Hey Chris, I started my full-time job as an M&A analyst. Congratulations in, in, in investment banking uh, this year. Uh, due to an economic slowdown, there is no case to work on. Yeah. And it's been almost two months since my previous projects. Uh, um, uh, any thoughts and, and ideas? Yeah, you're, you're, you're on the beach or you're waiting to be staffed. Yeah. Oh, that's hard, man. Because um, when it comes to investment banks, investment banks tend to overhire um, and then they overfire, right? And they, they, they cut into muscle, not just fat. Oh, okay. Here's what I would do. Um, I, would, I would ask everybody around you if there's anything you can help them with, you know, especially people that are maybe, um, maybe your analyst level and they're associate level people like post MBA, ask them, you know, anything I, I can help out with any spreadsheets, that sort of thing. Just be proactive. Um, I hate to say what I'm about to say, but it's true. FaceTime is important. I want you to be Philo first in last out. It's kind of an accounting term. Yeah. Um, I also want you to uh, network like crazy uh, within the firm. Um, you know, talk to people in different departments uh, and just get to know them as well and ask, hey, is there anything I, I can help with? Just be resourceful. Be resourceful. Or maybe you have existing processes uh, that aren't perfected, like ways of analyzing financials. Um, or maybe what you can do is this. Um, you can, because everybody uses Excel, right, when you model. Um, maybe what you can do is on the side, you can learn uh, how to use VBA, Visual Basic for Applications within Excel, and then create an unbelievable methodology or spreadsheets to be able to analyze companies using code. Okay, and it's something I'm teaching as well. And for those of you in my MBA degree program, I'll be releasing this uh, in, in in January. And the way I'm going to teach it is, it's going to be visual. So within VBA or Visual Basic for Applications in Excel, you have subs, right? Um, and then there's an N sub and coding in the middle, and then there's modules and functions and all that stuff. So I'm going to be teaching this uh, from scratch. In fact, what I will do as part of that is I'll create a template for you. Um, I'm already doing it. Uh, that will help you to analyze financial statements using Visual Basic for application. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Um, you can change it and use it as your own. Take credit for it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully that, that will help. Yeah. And if you're in my, um, I'm not sure if you're in my MBA program, but during class, you can ask me about this and, and I'll help you build that template from scratch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and you're most welcome. Yeah. Okay. Next up, uh, Farzan wrote, uh, did you mention a ring device to monitor sleep? Uh, can you expand on how you like that device and how well it works uh, for accuracy? Uh, I'm thinking of getting something like that. Thanks. Yeah. So this is called an Ura ring. Uh, if you're going to buy it, wait till Black Friday. I'm sure there'll be a ton of sales. I'm getting cold in here. Uh, a ton of sales uh, that you can, you can use for that. And so basically the way it works is you, 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 you charge it and it lasts like four or five days. Uh, and, and you wear it, uh, and it's got sensors in it. Um, it's kind of pricey. It's like a couple hundred bucks. Uh, and then there's a stupid $6 per month subscription fee. But for me, 
it, it it's the, the best investment um, because my, my healthcare bills will be a hell of a lot higher. Uh, I believe without it. Yeah. And it actually caught, uh, so this past summer when, when I had COVID, which is brutal, and I got the COVID Pfizer shot uh, last weekend. So I'm covered there. Um, just the booster. But I had awful um, COVID th- this summer and terrible complications. And uh, I had this this doctor that I should not have talked to <laughs> that gave me this medicine. Um, and this medicine had an awful side effect of my heart. I was sitting there. My heart rate is usually like 60 or 70, whatever. And it jumped up to 130. And this thing notified me of it. And, and I went to the emergency room. And I had to pay out of pocket for that. It cost me thousands of dollars, right? Uh, but, um, and then when I was in the emergency room, uh, and, and they did a bunch of stuff of work on my heart, um, they actually did an EKG and right before they did, and the doctor recognized me, took my courses kind of funny, uh, even though I had a mask on, he recognized my voice. But, um, when we did the EKG, I said, hold on a second, hold on, hold on. And I pulled out my, my, my Apple watch to test see if the EKG was the same as the hundreds of thousand dollars of machinery they're using on me. Doctor rolled his eyes, of course, but, but. I wanted to do it. And the EKG on this was exactly, exact, had the exact same results as that hundreds of thousand dollars machine in the hospital uh, is, is, as well. I keep this in my pocket, by the way, because it counts my steps and I'm typing all day and this can't step, can count steps if it's on my wrist. Yeah. But I, look, I, I, I think the quantified self movement, uh, meaning the IoT market, you know, for wearables, for healthcare stuff, is an incredible investment. Get your your family to use it as well. And little side note, I, I have to mention this because I, I, I say it with love my heart and I care. Um, if you have any family members uh, that had COVID and, and, and after COVID, they start coughing, they feel better, but they're coughing, please take them to get a chest x-ray. Even if the GP, their doctor says you don't need one, they don't know. You need one because pneumonia develops, which can be lethal. Uh, my dad and my brother are radiologists, which means they fix radios. Sorry. Uh, but they had me do that, which, and I did have pneumonia as well. Yeah. Okay. And I should not have been teaching during the summer or doing these weekly webcasts when I had, I didn't miss a single class uh, for my MBA students. But I got to tell you, man, just, it was rough. It was rough. But I feel better now than I did before. Yeah. Um, and I've got a six pack now. I do. Before I had a one pack, which is my, my Molsa muscle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, all right. Next up, um, I've, I've got uh, Manas uh, who wrote here. Give me one second, guys. Ah. Okay. Next up, uh, Manas wrote uh, Will China attack Taiwan? Um, it looks like in China, they set up a war room administration center yesterday. Uh, uh, will it affect Pacific peace if China does attack? Uh, what are repercussions of that long term? Yeah. So I think uh, Nancy Pelosi, um, and, and it's interesting, and, and God bless her her husband. I, I hope Paul feels better that you guys, you guys heard about that break in. Pelosi is the third, number three politician in the country. Uh, but Pelosi, who's a Democrat, uh, went to Taiwan, which angered a lot of people. Uh, but there's bipartisan support for that uh, this year. I mean, Republicans and Democrats love that she did that. And I like that she did that, too. Um, we, we have to stand up for capitalism um, and democracy. Um, and, and please don't think that I'm rah, 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 America biased. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 
I'm, I'm, I'm biased towards my, my, my students be able to reach their full potential uh, in life. And you can only do that under democracy. Uh, and democracy is, you know, it's kind of under attack. Um, you know, ever since COVID started, the whole world's been moving more towards the left. Every country in South America now, now that Lula came out of prison to, uh, to run again, uh, he just won the other day. Every, every country is, is left, left leaning. Um, and so I, I, and, and, you know, with, with Russia attacking Ukraine and trying to reassemble the USSR, you know, basically you, you have more countries that are becoming communists, more left wing. Um, and, and if we don't defend uh, Taiwan, um, then, you know, you're basically saying, you know, what, what Putin did with, with, with Ukraine is acceptable. It's certainly not. It's not. And so I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm optimistic nothing will happen. Um, you know, the, the Chinese know that it's mutual, mutual destruction if something were to happen there. Um, and so I, 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 don't, I, I think Taiwan will remain independent. Yeah, yeah. And, it, 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 and it's terrifying how uh, you know, North Korea keeps sending missiles right over frickin' Japan. Um, it's ridiculous that the world is, is turning a blind eye to this as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think anything will happen with Taiwan. But I do know that in hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, that um, the Trump administration and the Biden administration are probably upset um, that they they talked about and eventually pulled troops out of Afghanistan. And the reason I say that is because, you know, United States having troops in Afghanistan for decades kind of kept the Soviet Union or Russia in check. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm a big fan of Taiwan. I. I I think the United States and the rest of the, the free world should stand behind them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, Alex wrote, uh, sorry for the dig on Colorado, Chris, uh, regarding the John Van Denver. I couldn't resist. Nobody has told me the answer, though, to my question, which was, what movie did somebody say, screw you, John Denver? Yeah. Here's a hint. It's a Canadian comedian. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, um, you know what I'll do is, if you guys want, um, I'll open up uh, Zoom for the last 10 or 15 minutes or so. Now, the way to access Zoom is uh, you go to, to my website and you go to this exact address. HaroonMBA.com slash all lowercase Zoom. Okay, all lowercase zoom. And then you just click this, this address here to join. Okay. Um, and let me open up the meeting. Yeah. Okay, good. So if you guys want, you, you, you can join. Um, and um, I, I can take questions that way. Completely up to you. But I'll continue to take questions this way here uh, on YouTube uh, live and, until people join, if people want to join at all. Okay. Uh, and if you're in the Silver MBA program, um, uh, you, you can join early because we're going to start at 10 a.m. anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, uh, Manas wrote, uh, will the Cold War ever end? Uh, and will Ukraine be the same again? And will Ukraine get funds even if uh, Senate changes uh, this year? A absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, my, my, my kids asked me about it um, you know, earlier this year in, in February. Um, my middle child uh, is Matthew, this guy, they're older now. He said, Dad, um, when will this war end? And I said, well, honey, it's going to be decades, decades. This is Cold War Part Two. 
you know, it's democracy against communism. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Um, so what, what, what Putin did was uh, he did his undergraduate degree in ge uh, geology. And his thesis was um, if the, the Soviet Union controlled natural resources, what would that mean to their economy longer term? And so the ruble is garbage. Um, it, oil is the new, the new currency. And what's, what's problematic is that, the, uh, that Russia is, is financing this entire war uh, using, using higher oil prices. So it's not going to end anytime soon. In terms of UK, Ukraine getting funds uh, uh, if the Senate changes from you know, Democratic Republican this year, absolutely, probably more so, or just as much, I would say. Uh, and there's a lot of people that, that think that, you know, it's, 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 it's BS that, uh, that America is giving billions of dollars uh, to, to Ukraine uh, when America could be trying to fix its own problems at home. Um, that's the wrong way to think about it. You got you to gotta think longer term. Um, so the economic impact of not helping Ukraine is going to be $10 trillion within a couple of years. And I can quantify that too. The economic impact, according to economists, uh, of the Ukraine war is is going to reach two trillion dollars by January two thousand twenty-three, and so the reason I say that is because higher oil prices destroys every single economy except for OPEC countries and, and Russia. So if you don't give Ukraine billions and billions of dollars to, to fight Russia, then the economic impact and the human loss uh, is, is massive. The economic impact is more than just giving billions of dollars, right? You got to think longer term too, like kind of like how we, when we analyze companies and value companies or value uh, real estate investments, we look at the total of earnings every year. We discount the cash flows any investment can make. It's the same thing with the State Department helping uh, Ukraine with billions of dollars. If you don't do that, the economic impact longer term is is much more severe. Uh, yeah, so. That's how governments think about it in terms of spending as well. Yeah. And, and also when governments do these big uh, fiscal spending projects, that's what they're thinking as well. The long-term economic impact. Yeah. It's not just about earnings this year. It never is. That's why you never value a company based off earnings this year. You think longer term always. Yeah. Okay. And let me go over. Okay. We've got a couple of people that, that are joining here. Uh, let's get a couple more before I open up Zoom. Okay. Um, okay, next up, Jatan wrote, um, uh, what are your thoughts on Coinbase uh, long term? Um, uh, I believe in the company longer term. I, I do. I, I know that they, they cut staff by 18% uh, earlier this year and you know they've had a lot of problems, but they were very smart because after they did their IPO, they did a, a $1 billion debt raise, uh, which was brilliant. And I remember everyone was questioning at the time, why would you do that? Um, you know, whenever you have a startup, you want to raise as much money as you can when you can. Now, I do believe in the business model longer term. Uh, and I've created many YouTube videos on that. Just go to my YouTube channel, do a search on Coinbase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Um, uh, Manos wrote, how, how is JP Morgan so big and well known? Um, and how do they become so gigantic in terms of volume and quality? Yeah. So uh, Jean-Pierre Morgan started the company uh, years ago. Uh, and so uh, he was a brilliant banker um, and he helped to refinance, uh, rebuild Europe after you know World War. Uh, and also um, people don't realize this, but uh, you know, 
uh, 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 U.S. Steel uh, ticker X was was owned uh, by J.P. Morgan, and J.P. Morgan one of his biggest deals early on. And there's lots of great documentaries you can watch. This guy, uh, Jean-Pierre Morgan, one of his big deals early on was he he partnered with Thomas Edison to create uh, the Edison Electric Company. And then uh, Thomas Edison kind of screwed over Nikolai Tesla and took credit for his work. Uh, and so eventually what happened was J.P. Morgan, Jean-Pierre Morgan, fired Thomas Edison and renamed the company uh, from the Edison Electric Company to the General Electric Company. And so this guy owned big parts of the U.S. economy, right? Like nowadays, he no one would be allowed to own that much stuff. It would be broken up by the government like Rockefeller. Uh, but J.P. Morgan has a very long and rich history. Yeah, A lot of investment banking work especially in the fixed income side as well. Yeah. Bond underwriting, et cetera. Okay. Um, and Ed wrote, peace out, everyone. Uh, have to run. Take care, brother. I'll see you. Okay, next up, we got Wade's World. First time I see you on the call. I love your love your name here. Uh, would love to see you again. Join again. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wade's World wrote here. Uh, Hi, Chris. I, I have a friend who doesn't believe in looking at price or volume when investing in stocks. Do you feel... How do you feel about the price and volume? Is price important and why for me only price pays? Yeah, I mean, everything is worth something. So I, I think price is of paramount importance, especially when you're coming up with a target price. Yeah, very important. Um, so I would humbly and respectfully disagree with your friends. Price is of paramount importance. Uh, in terms of, of volume, volume is crucial as well. You know, it, you only invest in companies uh, that you can get in and out of right? Quickly, if need be. And illiquid stocks own you in a down market rather than vice versa. And so I would never invest in anything illiquid. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, Anthony Corey, uh, uh, you wrote, hi, Chris, long time. It's been a while, man. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. Yeah. And one of my good friends in my fraternity in Montreal, his name was Bill Corey years ago. Great guy. I miss that guy. Good to see you, man. Yeah. Uh, and he was a, a fellow Lebanese like, like, like me. I'm quarter Lebanese, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next up, uh, Tony, uh, Tony two times uh, wrote, uh, looking good, Chris. Uh, good to see, uh, still doing the, these sessions. Uh, uh, a man of your word. Uh, thank you. And I appreciate that. Thank you. And yes, you're right. Excellent. T, you got it. Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. That's right. He said, screw you, John Denver, in that movie. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and then you wrote here, uh, is publishing a children's uh, book easy? How do you do it? Yeah, I have a, a, a student who goes by the name Nitro here. He lives in California that published a, a book called Ute, Y-O-O-T, which I bought actually on Kindle. Uh, and, and he published it uh, on Amazon. It's really easy. And so if you want to publish a book, whether it's a children's book or any book, um, you can do it for free. And you can always go and download uh, my, my book template for free. And tons of my students have, have done this. Uh, and I create all my, my books this way as well. Just go to harunmba.com slash write book. And I'm not going to discuss this in detail because I've, I've talked about it before a lot. I don't want to bore you guys. Um, but click here to download the, the book template. Uh, and there's one page of instructions. It's free. I don't ask for your email or anything. Uh, and it tells you on one page how to publish your book. And it's a template. And the template that I, that I provide you with is, is the same, same template that I use to publish um, uh, you know, all, 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 all of my books as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, and McGraw-Hill approached me. And I'm in uh, late stage discussions with him about publishing a, 
um, the mother of all finance textbooks. Yeah, which would be fun. Yeah. And I've always said no to publishers in the past. And and for this this book of mine, um, after it came out and Forbes did the review on it, um, uh, Obama's publisher reached out to me uh, and, and wanted to publish this. And I said no, because uh, they want to jack up the price and they would take ownership of it as well. And I didn't want to give up my IP. Yeah. What am I going to do with McGraw-Hill? It'll be fine. Okay. Uh, and if I go through with that, it'll be out of the McGraw-Hill one and the next year. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Ryan wrote, uh, uh, whole insurance. You recommend we get life insurance. Should we get whole life insurance for kids at toddler age? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, th there are so many hidden fees. Um, my wife wanted to do that as well. Um, just make sure you understand the fee structure. Um, so quite often what, what happens is that they'll say that, if you get insurance for your kids, you can buy stocks for your kids through that insurance program. I usually like to buy stocks from the market directly just because there's a lot of hidden fees. So regardless of what you do, make sure you understand what the hidden fees are. And so what happens is you'll get on the phone with customer support um, and all calls are recorded for quality assurance. Uh, and so what you can do is this. You can say, well, let me explain to you what I think the fees are. And you explain it and you ask them, is that correct? And if they say no, have them explain it. Then explain it again to them, rinse, lather, repeat. So you understand uh, the, the hidden fees. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I recommend life insurance for your... The second you have kids, you guys got to all get life insurance. Yeah. For yourselves. Yeah. I'm worth more dead than alive. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Janice wrote, Hey, Chris, I'm about to start my first job after college in December at a big German automotive company. Congratulations. Nice. Uh, do you have any advice for me on how to get off the best start? Yeah. So w when you start working uh, in, a, in a big company, um, uh, what I recommend that you do is for the first two weeks when you're there, um, just observe how the system works. Don't be too proactive, right? I'm not saying be, be lazy and whatnot, but um, every corporate culture is a little bit different. I want you to understand how things work. Um, I also want you to set up a lot of mentoring meetings and get to know a lot of people. Do coffee meetings with a lot of people. It's kind of like when you're in university, uh, your first year of university or your first year in high school. Those two weeks are when you, when you're the new kid in town and all your buddies you have today are from those two weeks, right? So you're kind of allowed to network a lot. And so I would sit down with a lot of people. Uh, I would also find mentors that have something in common with you. And so you can go to LinkedIn uh, and do a search for other people in that automotive company in Germany. Uh, that also, you know, have something in common with you. Maybe they went to the same high school as you and sit down with them as well uh, and, and just, you know, get mentoring from them. And whoever your boss is, make sure that you sit down and get mentored by uh, their assistant because she or he has probably been with your boss for many years and they probably moved from previous companies together to the current company. And the assistant knows exactly how stuff gets done and you should be mentored by them as well. And they'll help you out tremendously. And they'll put in a good word for you as well. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, best of luck with it. Best of luck. And don't don't worry, man. So if it's your first job, don't, like don't don't go in a day one thinking, oh my god, I have to know everything. Um, don't don't worry. Like don't don't overstress. They're going to train you from scratch. Uh, don't think you're going to be asked on day one to give your historical thoughts on the Daimler Chrysler merger or what do you think of Jurgen Schrempp, the former CEO? There, you're not. It's going to be easier than you think. When I got my first job out of out of university at Accenture, uh, I was nervous. But, you know, when I started, they had me photocopy day and night for a month. 
And don't worry if you're doing menial tasks as well, um, like photocopying like I did. Um, just read the stuff you're photocopying, you'll, you'll learn. Yeah. And best of luck and uh, continue to ask me questions over the next couple of weeks as well. I'm, or years, whatever it is, I'm happy to humbly help you. Yeah. Okay. If you want to know what to wear, just go to the website or go to LinkedIn profile to see what other people wear. And you probably saw what they wear anyway in the interviews. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question is from uh, uh, the Aptim who wrote, um, hey there, uh, when will the Russian war be over? Um, I, I, it's going to be decades, decades. Yeah. It was a very famous uh, Saudi uh, Aramco executive who once said uh, the, the, the stone age did not end because they ran out of stones. Right. And so um, I, I think the rest of the world is going to try to, you know, get off of oil, so to speak. Um, but it's going to take a while. Yeah. And, and Putin knows that, that, you know, oil is only going to be relevant for the next couple of decades. And so he's using that currency before uh, his, his empire crumbles, which it will at some point. I, I'm not a believer in, in communism, um, but um, he's been financing this terrible war with higher price of oil, et cetera. Yeah. It's going to be a long time. Okay. And, and he never believed the USSR should be disassembled. Yeah. And it was kind of contentious when, when Gorbachev, um, who's like a hero to me, you know, um, when he died, they didn't really celebrate him in, in Russia for obvious reasons. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, uh, ne next up, um, and we've got, um, I guess what I'll do is uh, let, let me, I'll open up, uh, uh, I'll open up Zoom here as I, as I continue to take uh, questions. Give me a second. Go over here and then on Zoom, just lift your hand up, guys, uh, if you have a question, please. All right, give me one second. Okay, so so lift your hand up if you have a question. Uh, until then, I'll, I'll take questions here from, uh, uh, from uh, 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 oh, that's five minute warning uh, from, from YouTube. Okay, all right. Um, uh, next up, uh, Lorenzo wrote, uh, is there a way to get an individual interview without purchasing an MBA course from you, uh, do you have any in-person consulting services available? I do. If you go to uh, learn.haroonventures.com, um, you, you'll see I have uh, consulting uh, available there as well. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Uh, again, if, if anybody on uh, Zoom has questions, just lift your hand up. You can click on the reactions button in the corner to lift your hand up, uh, or you can just physically lift your hand up and, and I'll come right to you. Okay. Um, uh, uh, next up, uh, Wade's World wrote, thank you for the response. Exactly the response I wanted. Very cool. Awesome. You're most welcome. Uh, SAP Ritz wrote, uh, your webinars uh, have given me new life, which has a meaning. Um, I, I try to watch you as much uh, as, as possible over the last uh, two and a half years. Thank you, SAP Ritz. I appreciate that. Habibi. Thank you. The house, uh, Haroon, the house of Habibi. Excellent. Uh, and, and you're most welcome, Tony, as well. Uh, <laughs> next up, Alex P. wrote, Chris, are the Phillies going to win the World Series? Oh, dude, I don't know, man. It looked like the momentum was amazing until last night. You had the, the second no-hitter in, in World Series history. Last time was 1956 with Don Larson with the Yankees. So I, I don't know, man. Like that After that win last night, the, the Strohs have some pretty damn good momentum. But I'm shocked at how well the Phillies were doing, given the fact they only won 87 games this year. Um, yeah. I want it to go to seven games, so yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Tony two times wrote, uh, amazing. Congrats for the finance textbook deal with McGraw-Hill. Thank you. 
Um, appreciate it. Um, uh, and then D3DIT uh, wrote, um, how do you handle interview questions on previous jobs if you left the job because you weren't paid two months of, of salary? Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if the company went out of business, you can certainly disclose that. Um, you can just mention that the company had financial issues. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then should I mention that in the interview? Only if asked. Because you don't want to like, if you come across as someone's very critical of other companies you worked at, it might not look good, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that you never want to say really negative things about any company uh, in an interview, uh, but you can keep it high level. If, if asked, uh, you can say, well, they, they actually had some financial difficulties. Yeah. In the company. Okay. All right. Vincente wrote, how do I book my one-on-one tr having trouble logging in? And uh, Vincente is here. How are you, buddy? Uh, good to see you. So Vincente, what you do is this. I'll, I'll show you. And I'll share this within uh, Zoom uh, as, as well. Uh, share screen. Okay. So all you do, uh, Vincente, is um, you go up here, and I think you're in my, my Platinum program. You go to MBA student login, and then you select your year. And I think you started in January, yeah? So you select here, you log in, uh, and then you can book it there. Just go to calendar. Uh, and if you have problems, uh, just, just let me know. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Um, and then the Apton wrote, amongst other courses, uh, do you train in VSA-based uh, uh, day trading? I do talk about technical analysis, but I'm the wrong person to go to if you want to make a career out of, out of day trading. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lastly, Vicente wrote here, positive attitude and a willingness to learn goes a long way for first job and reviews. And I completely agree with that. Completely agree with that. Okay, cool. All right. So you guys are all my MBA students uh, on Zoom. Stick with me. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap up the call now. Uh, I'm going to take a couple minutes, take a quick break, and I'll come back. Uh, and then we'll, we'll start our, our, our weekly uh, the Zoom call. It starts at 10 a.m. Okay. And for those of you that are MBA students of mine, just go to the, the first lesson of the Silver MBA degree program. Uh, it, it just to to find out uh, the the link for the for the for this Zoom here. Okay, so I'll be right back with you guys on Zoom. Thanks for your patience, and let me go back over here and and wrap it up. Okay, so that's it for um, uh, week two hundred uh, or two hundred seventh weekly webcast. Um, please click like and subscribe and all that good stuff. God bless you. I'll see you uh, next week and every week till kingdom come. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, if you have questions about uh, my, my MBA degree program, email support at haroonventures.com or go to haroonmba.com to check out my courses, uh, etc. God bless you. And I end every single uh, webcast with this life-changing short video. Uh, that I licensed to Steve Jobs' interview from the Silicon Valley Historical Association. God bless you all. Thank you. When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your, your life is just to live your life inside the world, try not to bash into the walls too much, uh, uh, try to have a nice family life, uh, have fun, save a little money. Um, but life, th that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can, you can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it. Um, that's maybe the most important thing.
is to shake off this uh, this uh, erroneous notion that life is is there and you're just going to live in it versus embrace it, change it, improve it, make your mark upon it. Um, I, I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, uh, you'll want to change life and make it better because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Um, once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. Well, that ends this week's podcast. I want to thank you very much for your time. If you want to download my latest book for free or get access to coupons on my courses or learn more about my MBA degree program and much more, please visit haroonventures.com. Again, that's haroonventures.com. Thanks again for listening in.